0: My superpower that I would love to have, that I often think about, is I would like to be able to time travel. So I would like to be able to go back to any point in time, in any place where I find myself, and to be able to see what was going on in that place, what people were doing, and to be able to observe, not necessarily participate, but observe what was going on. So I'd love to be able to close my eyes and go back to, let's say, 1850, when this church was about 30 years old, 20 years old, and I'd love to be able to stand in here and see what was going on in here and who was in here and, you know, what, what they were doing as a church community. Or I'd love to, you know, stand in the middle of London and go back to sort of, you know, I don't know, 1500 and see what people were wearing and stuff like that. That would be my superpower. Maybe you can talk to each other about what, 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 you're, what you'd love to have over coffee. This morning, as I've said, we're beginning a bit of a summer series called But God. Maybe you can say that to your neighbour, but God. Looking at, we're going to be looking at, through this little series, some of God's superpowers. Because we believe, don't we, that God is powerful and that he has a number of different superpowers. That's what makes him God. And this morning, we're going to talk briefly about his superpower of being able to take bad stuff and turn it into something good. To take a really bad a really difficult, a really challenging, a really painful, a really testing situation, a tragic event, and bring something good out of it. Now, our French chef who was called, can you remember his first name? (laughs) Georges. He might have been able to take really badly cut vegetables and potatoes and turn it into something brilliant like crisps, one of my favorite foods, I have to say. But he has nothing on God. Now, there'll be many of us in here this morning, and we can identify something bad that has happened in our lives. Maybe you're going through something really challenging at the moment, a difficult situation. Maybe something's happening at school. Maybe something painful is happening in your family life. Maybe something painful is happening in your body. Maybe you've had a recent experience in your past that has been really, really difficult and painful for you. And most of us will end up facing situations in our futures which will be difficult. Maybe you're here this morning and you're still living with the sadness or the anger or the frustration or the pain or the disappointment or the confusion about that really difficult event in your life. Now, despite the really cheery music that was accompanying Joseph on his route into Egypt in this film, he was actually 17 years old. And he'd been sold as a slave by his family. Now, I don't know about you, but if that had happened to me, it would have absolutely devastated me. Can you imagine what it would be like to be sold by the people who are supposed to love you into slavery? Can you imagine what it would be like to be packed off to somewhere in North Africa? No phone, no internet, no Facebook, being able to say, here I am, you know... Switch on location services, here I am, and just cross fingers and wait for somebody to come and find me. Nobody was ever going to find Joseph, and Joseph was never going to find his way out. And tragically, we know, don't we, that that is still a living experience for many people on our planet. Slavery still exists. Can you imagine what it was like to be Joseph? How he would have felt, the sense of betrayal, the sense of injustice the sense of abandonment, the sense of anger, maybe the sense of despair, how was life ever going to change? He'd gone from living in a really rich family, his family was really rich, to having lost everything. There are some of us in here this morning that know what it is to lose things or people that are really precious to us. Joseph probably even lost hope at times. But he ends up in slavery, working for Potiphar. As we saw in the film, he works hard. He gets promoted. It's not a great job, but, you know, he does well where he is. And then Potiphar's wife uh, says some things about him that aren't true. He's falsely accused, and he ends up in prison. So here we go again. More betrayal, more loss, more disappointment, more despair, more injustice, and actually more false accusation. Joseph could do nothing. What the video doesn't tell us is the profound truth that Joseph learnt through his circumstances and his journey. The final chapter in his story. We find him in Egypt. God has promoted him to work for the second most powerful and important man in the country. And Joseph is effectively running the country for Pharaoh, saving lives, looking, controlling the food supply. He ends up with his own family, even though he's not back in Israel. But what the video doesn't tell us is the last chapter in the story. 20 years, more than 20 years after first losing his family, being sold into slavery, Joseph is reunited with them. And instead of punching their lights out, I don't know what you would want to do to the people that actually betray you or hurt you or wound you or do bad things to you or cause pain in your life. I often want to punch their lights out or tell them what I think of them. Instead of doing that, Joseph says something really significant to them. And he says this, which is taken, you can find it in in chapter 50 of the book of Genesis, verse 20. He says this. You, he's talking to his brothers, you tried to harm me, but God made it turn out for the best so that he could save all these people as he is now doing. Joseph is actually telling his brothers in this moment, do you know what, guys? I've actually learned something about God through my experience. And he's effectively saying, do you know what? I've learned that God doesn't cause the harmful things in my life. Look at the first thing he says. You tried to harm me. He doesn't wash over what happened to him and who caused it, his brothers. He doesn't say, you know, he doesn't wash over it and say, oh, God obviously meant that to happen to me. He recognized that God didn't cause the harmful stuff in his life. And God wants to remind you that again this morning. He is not behind the bad stuff that happens in life. He's not behind the bad stuff that happens to you. We live in a broken world. We live amongst broken people. I'm broken people. You get things wrong, I get things wrong, other people get things wrong, the world is broken and bad stuff happens. And when bad stuff happens to us, it doesn't mean that that was God's plan A for us just because it happened. He refuses to control us and Joseph is recognizing it. We have an enemy, we live in a broken world. He says to his brothers, I've learned, God didn't plan my trouble, you did. But then he sticks in this but God. And he says, I've learned an even more powerful lesson. That even though God didn't plan that stuff, he's got this superpower. And he's able to take that bad stuff, that even the stuff that you plan for my bad, he's able to take it and turn it into something really good. Something good for me and something good for other people because he is that good. Now, I don't know about you, but that stretches my mind to believe that about God. How can he be in charge, not cause all the bad stuff, and yet somehow turn the bad stuff into good stuff? I can't get my head around that, but that's why I'm not God. (laughs) And he is. And... You know, I don't know about you, I look at my sat-nav, I think my sat-nav is an amazing thing, we were, we were in New Wine this week, got diverted down some routes because the roads were closed, you know, it was all cut, it took us four hours to get to Kent on Thursday morning. And the sat-nav is brilliant, isn't it, when the route goes wrong or when we go wrong, the sat Nav is brilliant at rerouting us and sending us in a different direction to make sure we get to our destination. You know, God is like that. He's like, a, he's like a heavenly sat-nav. You know, when things go wrong, when things block our paths, when circumstances blow up and life doesn't end up going how we intend for it to do, Joseph's dreams were blown up in smoke, literally, weren't they? And yet God managed to reroute his plans and purposes to Joseph to make them even bigger and even better because of what had happened. So great is his superpower. So last question. If God has this incredible superpower to take what other people do to us, the harm they cause, the harm we cause ourselves, the stuff that life throws at us, if God has this incredible power to take this stuff and turn it somehow into good stuff for us and for others, to bring blessing and goodness out of it, does that happen automatically or what part do we have to play? Last verse. Paul he knew about this superpower of God, and in Romans 8, 28, this will be familiar to many of you. If you don't know this, I'd love to encourage you to learn this verse. It's one of the verses that I learned very early on. It's a great verse to bring to mind when stuff goes wrong. Paul said, we know that God causes everything to work together. Who for? For the good of those who love him and who've been called into his family, He uses his superpower for those of us who love him, who trust him, who walk with him, who listen to him, who seek to obey him. The Bible talks about what loving God looks like. And that's what Joseph managed to do through all of that time where he was waiting to see what God was going to do with his circumstances. He didn't blame God He didn't give up on God. He didn't turn his back on God. He kept praying. He kept trusting. He kept listening so much so that he was listening to God when Pharaoh had those dreams. He kept serving other people. He kept waiting. He kept trusting. And God was able to bring this incredible goodness into his life, into the lives of those in Egypt through Joseph and actually to his brothers and his family who'd wound him. So friends, whatever you are facing today, whatever circumstance you are feeling stretched or tested by, whatever pain you are wrestling with, whatever difficulty you are struggling with, whatever you face tomorrow, God wants to remind us of this again today as a church family. He is good. And he is able to take the worst stuff in your life, the worst stuff in my life, and to turn it into good for you, for me, and for the other people around us who he wants to bless through us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to, we're going to take communion in a moment. We're going to return to worship and take communion in the context of worship. I want to just encourage us to pray for a moment before we do that. So can I encourage you to close your eyes? Let's all of us just close our eyes for a moment. And I want to encourage you to take one of your fists, uh, one of your hands and clench it into a fist. And as you clench it into a fist and you have your eyes closed, I want you to think of either a situation in your life that is really challenging, that is really troubling you, that is causing you pain, that is causing you distress or that you're angry about. And if there isn't something in your own life, think about something in somebody else's life that you know, a situation that they're struggling with. And in the quietness of your heart, I just want you to say under your breath or in your heart, Jesus, I invite you into this situation to turn it into good. And as you do that, I want to encourage you to open your hand so that Jesus has access to this circumstance, to this problem, to this difficulty. Jesus, I invite you into this situation, into this circumstance. And I want you to turn it into good. I want you to bring good out of it for me and for other people or for the person that I'm praying for. In Jesus' name, amen.